0: This is the Biblical Mind Podcast, produced by the Center for Hebraic Thought. Honest five star reviews help others find this podcast.
1: Visit the magazine at thebiblicalmind.org for articles and videos that explore the deep structures of Scripture. So I grew up in uh, a city called Gaza in the uh, Mediterranean Sea. It's uh, Part of uh, what we'd call Palestine, uh, some would call the Palestinian territories. Uh, Growing up in Gaza meant that, um, on the one hand, you live in a a historical place where a lot of the biblical stories have taken place. Um, You know the famous story of uh, one of uh, the the sorry one of the apostles were walking down near near was taken to gaza right and he like preached the gospel to to uh someone who was visiting from africa so everyone has sort of this memory of that gaza is part of the scripture part of like a bigger picture and there it's not far from jerusalem not far from other biblical sites on the other hand we were as christian uh, community we are part of the small minority among the palestinians we are less than one percent today and uh, thus you live as a Someone who's unique in a sense because most of the times for me it was I'm the only Christian in the class and uh, mm. this is a place where religious religiousity is not hiding, it's really salient and uh, being Christian meant something uh, to everyone, for me, myself and also for my Muslim peers who would look at me and are uh, like, oh, he's Christian, he's the only Christian at the school.
0: Yeah, so, uh, so can you fill that in a little bit more? What, like, would people look down upon Christians? Would they just look at it as weird? Or are you different? I mean, I'm sure they, they would associate Christianity with the West and MTV and kind of everything that came across on media. <laughs> That's an interesting
1: question, Drew. I I had we had I had like a mixture of experiences actually. Like some people would look at you and they would say, "Oh, Christian, like this is fascinating. This is like amazing." They're like really excited to learn about you. A lot of them they would tell me stuff like, "Oh, well, we we really like Christians. Christians tend to be more honest than the rest of the people." There were just positive experiences, but there were a lot of negative experiences, as as you mentioned, like this perception and association with the West and colonialism and all these. Uh, Uh, historical legacies that palestinians have struggled with is associated with that and also the uh, association with certain religious teaching within islam that looked down on christian so i had always this conflict I myself had, most of my friends were Muslims, we had great relationship, but also had a lot of persecution and a lot of, you know, mocking, laughing at me because I'm Christian, especially once the uh, society in Gaza after 2006 start turning toward more Islamization under uh, Hamas, the Islamic movement uh, controlling the Gaza Strip.
0: Yeah, so my experience of the Gaza Strip is only from the outside, uh, looking in, looking across farm fields in Israel, and you just see walls, and you see very densely packed population. Um, was your experience of Gaza always like that? Like, do you remember it as kind of a walled compound, uh, or did it ever? was it ever more open and, uh, I guess, movement made more easy between Israel and Gaza in your lifetime?
1: On my lifetime, unfortunately, uh, as far as I'm conscious, it was always war. It was always closed. I was born in 1994. I was born Mm. the year the Oslo Agreement between the Israelis and Palestinians were signed. And by virtue of the agreement, also a sort of separation between the Israelis and the Palestinians started taking more place. My father used to tell me stories of how they were free. My father used to work in the... Israel proper and uh, bersheva Be- 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 and a bank there called Habalim, so we had this uh, history there. But since I was, uh, I'm conscious my own my first interaction with with was sort of the geopolitics of the region was Second Intifada and the Israeli strike bombing Gaza. Now all that being said, Gaza is not only war. Gaza is not only. Uh, um, this, you know, negative things we hear about, terrorism and attacks and all that. Gaza is a society that has flourished historically, culturally, um, uh, economically, and all other uh, fronts. And also, it's the history. In Gaza, we have the Church of St. Peripherius, which I grew up in, Greek Orthodox Church, that goes all the way back to the 4th century. Mm-hmm. This is Gaza. In Gaza, too, we have the Al-Omari uh, the, the Mosque, which Al-Omari Mosque was a church that originally was built by St. Helen. Uh, mm. in the about the third century so this is Gaza until today we are discovering mosaics and things of old uh, ancient uh, churches that were built in Gaza and ancient and ancient synagogues and also mosques so that's is that is it's Gaza it's beyond what we think of when we associate it with war and the conflict today yes what is happening today in Gaza is a humanitarian crisis by all means you have two million people who can't Get in and out of the Gaza Strip, but it's horrible. There is much more into Gaza and its history and the people there than conflict.
0: Yeah, and you know, if we we're on uh, the streets in Gaza today, would we, you yeah. know, if we, as we met people and talked to them, uh, a just to give some big divisions here, would we, would we be meeting Shia or Sunni Muslims, and then b would we meet people who identified as the political party of Fatah, like Democrat and Republican Fatah versus Hamas, or do people not associate themselves that way?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. To start with, all the Muslims in Gaza are, are, are Sunni. I mean, I, I am not aware of any um, other religious uh, sect besides Sunni and Christians in the gaza strip today the majority of of gaza like the west bank still on paper at least they are fatah more they're more nationalist now does this this does not mean that fatah get to control the gaza strip hamas still control it after they won an election both in the gaza strip and the west bank in the 2006. now when people think oh hamas won the election they associate right away well they might they, they must be the majority. Now, in reality, it's it's different because the jurisdiction in the Gaza Strip and in the West Bank, it's different. The institutionalization, structural reasons, all played part for why Hamas won the election. Today, the, if you are in Gaza, the majority of the people you meet are not Hamas. Matter of fact, you would find them better and angry at Hamas because of all mm-hmm. sort of, 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 of authoritarian um, repression that he has experienced in the Gaza Strip. However, does not mean that uh, you wouldn't meet Hamas people in the street. I mean, the the, the I, I can't remember the numbers of how much Hamas supporters there are in Gaza, but at least you would find about thirty percent Hamas supporters, and maybe a little bit less than that, Hamas members—people who are actually registered as part of this social movement and Islamic resistance. Hmm.
0: And as far as Christian and Muslims, since Christians are less than one percent, and even less now, so right, it's it's a dwindling number of Christians um most of these are uh associated with the orthodox uh, the eastern church i assume and are there are there any like conservative baptist evangelical churches in gaza
1: yeah well historically gaza has been always greek orthodox uh the christians there there is a catholic church in gaza too that 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 was built i believe around the 20th century so it's not that old but there is a catholic minority uh within the christian uh um uh, Sorry, within the Christian minority in Gaza, and there is a Baptist Church. There is a Baptist Church, that I believe, was founded around um, also like late later twentieth century by American missionaries who are there. There was uh, several pastors who are Arabs in in the church in Gaza, but the Protestant minority there are about fifty percent, I believe. Mm. However, despite that, despite the number of the Christians or how small we are, we had a great uh, social an economical impact on the Gaza strip for example in Gaza today one of the main hospitals in Gaza is called the Anglican hospital And al an arabic it's an anglican hospital that serves everyone serves christians serves muslims serves everyone in the Gaza strip the schools in Gaza the best private schools that produce the the most you know intellectual and um, um, engineers doctors are christian schools uh, and these mm. are schools. I'm not talking about universities. They are the Catholic school, they are the Orthodox school, and also uh, Rosary Sister School in Gaza. So despite the, them being minority, the Christian, Palestinian Christian in Gaza have played a, um, an important role in, in building the, the society and the culture of, of the Gaza Strip and the Palestinian territories
0: generally. Okay. And as far as, you know, simple things like this is going to sound very naive, but uh, would you, as a as a child, invite a Muslim to come to your church service, or was were these no go regions? And <laughs> well, where, would you that, go into a mosque to pray?
1: Well, that's an int- that's an interesting territory because, like, uh, I, I always wonder that, right? And um, like, I would love for my Muslim friends to be able to be with me in a church and like like experience what church looked like, but practically, no because the church wouldn't agree the church would be afraid that that this would be as as an act of trying to convert uh mm-hmm. this this person and this would probably make muslims very angry but also muslims don't agree a lot of them a lot of muslims would uh would say if you enter if you enter a church this is has some sort of bad association in their mind or whatever a lot of them this way but that does doesn't mean that all of them do this way i have a friend of mine his name is rami aman in gaza and he's muslim he's leading this organization called gaza youth committee and uh, part of his work he would take groups of like 50 to 100 muslim kids and made them visit the church and tell them these are the christians whenever you hear the word christians in the quran or in the school don't associate them mm-hmm. with the west these are your muslim brothers and sisters think of them and think of that now on a mosque question i personally uh, went to the mosque several times in 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 our neighborhood uh because of cultural um, cultural um, Experiences, not cultural experiences, in the sense of like me and being interested in Islam and its culture, because I already know it from school. It was more like you know playing soccer with Mm -hmm. the Muslims, playing uh, tennis tables, all this sort of stuff that Hamas start putting in mosques after they
0: controlled Gaza. So today in Gaza uh, there are no Israeli soldiers uh, inside Gaza, correct? There's no uh, Israeli control. So in other places in the West Bank, you will have some places that have various control of really political control versus politi- uh, military versus police control. But Gaza is entirely ruled by Hamas right now, but with Fatah as, a, as a I guess, a minority uh, political party or majority by number, but maybe minority by political rule right now. So how do they rule? Like, is there a par- parliament? Uh, I'm, I'm especially interested in, like, how do they make decisions that might affect the churches the few churches there or protect the political minorities or the uh the religious minorities there
1: yeah that, that that's an interesting question i mean although fatah and israel don't have an uh, what appears to be direct rule over the gaza strip they sort of still have the the strongest leverage over it when it comes to border when it comes to all of that israel control all the borders with egypt too controlling the, the egyptian border and Fatah gets to also uh, deal with the Israelis on the questions of the border with with Gaza. So although Hamas controls their Fatah, who are the Palestinian Authority, the sort of like uh, legal authorized authority to control there, the Gaza Strip, still work with Israel and Egypt on when to open, when to close, all sort of stuff. Now, mm. on day-to-day um, uh, decisions inside the Gaza Strip, Hamas and its government, Uh, get to decide that. Now, how it works, there is no actual parliament that that exists because President Abbas sort of dissolved the government, but still, their parliament sort of meet, but they don't like do registration necessarily. Uh, sometimes they do. It's kind of confusing. There is no clear legal framework on how to sort of adopt policies. Mm. Now, at the beginning, when Hamas controlled, they had debate within Hamas. Shall we like implement Sharia completely? Shall we not? And the decision that they take that they weren't. And their decision was that they would sort of adopt the old Palestinian Authority framework Mm. and laws, which is belong to the Palest to Fatah. And within that, they modified a little bit what to do. But practically, On the important issues of, um, you know, security, stuff like that, it is the um, security uh, regime within Hamas that that get to to decide these things. With regard to the Christians, what I would say is the following. Hamas's approach to it has been to grant freedom of religion to the Christians to a certain extent without, you know, allowing them to preach, let's say, the gospel or to sort of uh, convert others, but to pray in their churches, all of that, and to protect them. For two reasons, I think. One, it is religious reasons. I think within Hamas, there is this idea that we should grant uh, Christians right to worship or Ahlul Kitab, the people of the book, as they call them. And the other reason Hamas have found the Christians in Gaza to be instrumental in their um, message to the West. Uh, hmm. Hamas has been trying to... Sp- Find to sort of promote itself as the representative of the Palestinian people to the world and the Christians are instrumental to go and to greet them on Christmas and put pictures and the website in English, to uh make them make a statement when Trump moved the embassy to Jerusalem, all this sort of stuff has been very helpful politically for Hamas as it tried to promote itself in the Western world, especially in Europe and the US.
0: It's interesting you say that. Is I was trying to do a little research uh, in preparation for this and I was looking up Christians in Gaza and I can't tell you how many Christmas photos I that came up in response. To, I was like, <laughs> I guess Christmas is a really big deal there. Uh, I don't know. But uh, it was overwhelming how many Christmas photos there were and public celebrations of Christmas, which was honestly a little shocking to me.
1: The truth is, it's not public. That, that's the thing. It, so before Hamas took control of Gaza, it used to be public, like in the West Bank. You used to, like, in this main park in Gaza called Jundil Majul, you would have a Christmas tree. During Second Intifada, the, the protesters uh, went and burned down the tree, still under the Palestinian Authority, yet the Palestinian Authority fought against it. Once Hamas took control, they made sure no Christmas signs are in the street, no Christmas signs on there it still did start allowing it inside Christian, inside sorry christian places like the garden of the church which is mm. has wall around it or something and then they'll bring the media and make it seem like oh it's this public event where everything mm. is celebrating whatever and the people who don't know gaza they go like oh that seems like a public park or whatever it's private it's under walls and people are discouraged from the mosques and others to 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 participate in it but the leaders of hamas would come <laughs> mm. and that's a new phenomena that's only last five years hamas which has changed its Attitude and how to 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 deal with the Christians, and that that has been always fascinating to me because I grew up learning all these bad stories about Christmas from Hamas and Muslims' perspective, and now there is this sort of more uh, private normalization with it in mm. order, I believe, to to send a certain message to the West.
0: Oh, that's very interesting. Uh, that explains a lot. Uh, I bought it. I was like, oh, look, this big <laughs> public park, and they have this public Christmas tree. Um, So speaking of Palestinian, you mentioned Abbas as well, Uh, I I assume you were talking about Mahmoud Abbas and what is the relationship between, I mean you have Gaza on the one hand, which is physically separated from what we call the West Bank on the other hand, what's the relationship between Palestinians and Gaza and the West Bank, maybe like family wise but also politically?
1: Yeah, po- politically they are completely one people. They identify as Palestinians. They see themselves as part of the same nation. Now, uh, family-wise, there are some of these people are cousins of the others. Some of these people are like people who have fathers in the West Bank or mother in the West Bank or whatever. My mother, for example, is from the West Bank. My father is from Gaza. I was born in Gaza. And 10 years ago, I moved to the West Bank. So this is the sort of relationship. The relationship is really a family relationship, yet there is separation. And there are some people who are in the West Bank who don't see their families for literally 10 years. A lot of those people are Christians who lived after 2006, and they cannot enter Gaza or leave Gaza without uh, either an Israeli permission or the Egyptians letting them in through the Egyptian border.
0: Yeah, speaking of the Egyptian border, uh, Well, we'll come back to the Egyptian border in a second because that's a big question for me. But um, so really there's a strip of what is now the modern nation of Israel that kind of cuts between the West Bank and and Gaza. And so you're saying without permission from uh, Israel on the Gaza border side, someone from the West Bank just can't go see their their parents or their cousins or their extended family. And and there's no way for that to happen? Or is it one of those things where you have to ask for permission and then you have to wait a long time before you ever get it or something like that. You can't casually drive the 20 miles across it to go see your family is what I'm hearing.
1: You can't drive at all. And yeah. even if you got the permit, you wouldn't drive. You would have to go and take an Israeli taxi and go to the border in Gaza and then cross on your and your legs. Now, uh, even within that, even if you do have family there and you want to visit them, it's not that you just apply for a visa as I want to apply for a visa to come to the U.S. six months or three months and you get it. There's no about really a clear uh criteria for when they would give you a permit or not mm-hmm. i i usually say that people who want to leave gaza usually the easiest way for or not the easiest i mean like usually the way that um you get the permit are, there are two conditions one that you are very sick like really really sick that almost cancer level that they would allow you to go to a hospital or if you're a christian and there is Easter or Christmas, and then you get the permit and, mm. and you leave. But beyond these two conditions, it is almost impossible to get permits. Not to say that they don't grant humanitarian permits sometimes to visit your family. It happens, but very rarely, usually on special mm. occasions like Christmas or something, but very, very rarely for the Israelis, the condition of having a family member in the Gaza is not conditioned enough to, to for you to be allowed to visit there.
0: Yeah. So, going back to the churches, and this would include the West Bank because you have family in the West Bank and in in Gaza as well. Where in the West Bank is your mother from? Ramallah. Ramallah, okay. Um, If we were to go into, I I think uh, a lot of Westerners who, haven't, again, haven't been to Israel, they're surprised to find that if we say somebody is Arab in Israel, uh, that might just as much mean that they're Christian as they are Muslim, right? And so, like a lot of Americans don't associate Arab with Christian, but that's a... um, It's very common, and the, I I wonder when we talk about scripture and how the churches use scripture, like if I were to walk in a a typical Orthodox or a typical Protestant uh, church in the West Bank, what am I gonna hear them preaching about? I mean, in in America I could say salvation, you know, becoming a better person, you know, self-improvement, a lot of this stuff. What am I gonna hear them preaching about in the West Bank?
1: This is a, a fascinating question. I haven't thought of that before, actually, to compare the U.S. And, and, and the West Bank. I would say the following. I would say you might walk in and you'll be surprised that you heard a very similar message in the U.S., a message where it focuses on personal salvation, change yourself, sort of repent from your sins, sort of message, gospel-centered message, or you might enter another church and you hear a, a social gospel-oriented message where like, they're talking about justice, liberation, standing up against the occupation. There is this sort of two streams within um, the Palestinian um, uh, church on how to like approach uh, social issues and how to approach uh, salvation as, as a concept. Is it a personal thing? Is it more of a societal thing that include also fighting against uh, occupation and seeking liberation?
0: Yeah, and even that split, I mean, in my mind, in American churches, the more people understand the Old Testament, the more they tend to uh, see justice as a societal issue. Uh, and and not necessarily that simple, but uh, is that the same there? That the more they're kind of in touch with what's going on in the Hebrew Scriptures, the more they're in touch with that kind of system-wide thinking versus individualistic thinking.
1: There's there's that definitely. However, the Palestinian Church uh, relationship to the Old Testament is complicated mm, by I the virtue imagine. of. Yeah. of The existence of Israel, right? Right. There are some some theologians, ambassadors who lived in 1948, and they experienced the, the trauma of the war in 1948 and people who were driven out of their homes in 1948, a lot of whom are Christian, by the way. And then, you know, they had to make sense of the Old Testament. They're hearing this new people, the Jews who came to the land. And they're claiming the land using the very same scripture that they're reading and that they believe in and to them they had to come off a new hermeneutical lens of how to look into these scriptures I mean obviously the easiest you know uh, uh, thing that was for a lot of theologians to do is to just say oh these Jews are not the same Jews that we are dealing with right that the, the scripture sort of not talking about them or to say that any Anything that had to do with the Jews in the Old Testament is only applicable to the church today. Which is, you know, classic sort of superstitionism or or replacement theology or whatever mm-hmm. the label is today. And the other view was to, to just um, yeah, look at it completely as um, irrelevant. To say that the New Testament sort of, it's a new revelation sort of... Uh, uh, show us what does what what God looked like, but God in the Old Testament sort of misunderstood by the Jews historically, mm-hmm. and these are the two schools that uh, that are today um, the mainstream at least theologically, among um, um, Protestant church there. If you are interested in more like sort of the scholarship beyond that, it, you'd look at like someone like Johanna Katanasiu, who is an Old Testament scholar at Bethlehem Public College, who would be more on the conservative side that would say, well, the problem is only hermeneutical. And they're more liberal is Naim Atik, who is a Protestant uh, or Church of England priest who would say no? The Jews have misunderstood the the Old Testament completely, and this what we see in the Book of Joshua and others is not truly really God; it's the Jewish understanding of God.
0: Yeah, and of course, I mean, we can find those same views in just about any sector of theology in the church as well. So, in that sense, it's not uh, crazily different. Um, I do wonder the issue of like whether you'd find the sorry the, our hypothetical what would they be preaching this Sunday, uh, the individualistic salvation or more like the systemic justice or injustice issue. Um, in a lot of places around the world where evangelical or Protestant um, uh, evangelism has happened, uh, you often can see. Let's see. I'm trying to put this delicately. What somebody is preaching on Sunday is more beholden to the tradition that converted them than it is maybe their own indigenous theology. And so I, I you know, I hear what you say there and I think, oh, is that because they're beholden to their Baptist missionary roots or something like that?
1: Yeah, well I think it's it's partially true. I mean, a lot of these people have been converted by missionaries, Baptists or or Lutherans, or it depends on what the tradition. Presbyterians but I think it's beyond. Or Presbyterians. even Presbyterians. Some of those, there are very, there are very few in yeah, yeah. in Palestine. But yeah. there, there's one, one Presbyterian church. Uh, but 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 yeah, I think it's 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 interesting. Uh, I think that I could think of few pastors or theologians there who. Were, had a very similar experience of conversion but then they diverge in their theology. And I think it's it's deciding to like think differently and there is stuff like historical turns that happened in their lives where, where they took different or, but i think that 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 those who are tend to like focus so much on 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 on, you know personal salvation and and all of that there are people who are like working on the field daily they are Mm. like preaching the gospel really Mm. seeing muslims converts and stuff like that and that's their focus and not to say that these people don't believe in justice and all this stuff they still believe in it but To them, the emphasis is different, right? And then you've got the more academic people with PhD who are in their office reading books. They're great people, do the hermeneutics and everything. But they're not as in touch with what's happening in terms of conversion. Or... They are pastoring a church, but their church is the traditional church. That if a Muslim knock at your door, want to convert, you would say no, we can't do that. Mm. But if you knock on your door and say, "I want food," you would give him, mm. because of you know structural and rational, and reasons. Sorry, structural and legal reasons that they would want to follow in their service.
0: Huh. Um, so yeah, yeah, that raises another issue. So say that um, somebody is preaching the gospel in Ramallah or maybe even Janine, or um, Nablus, and they're actually speaking very openly with a Muslim brother or sister, and that person says, like, I, I want this Jesus, uh, or Esau, as, uh, I, I want this, whatever this is. How is that gonna go down? I'm, I'm sure different families are gonna treat it differently, but how is that gonna be received in the broader uh, Palestinian street if, I can imagine one person fine, but what if it's, Groups of people over time getting converted to Christianity. How does that go down in that that culture?
1: Yeah, until now we don't have a, a huge groups that, that have converted. Thus, the the issue becomes individualist with, within your family. Some families they just tend to ignore it. Others might like even like try to like beat you up or like keep you at home, especially if you are a woman. It's you're much more vulnerable. Mm. Like you, they can literally keep you at home or try to force you to marry someone else. And these cases happened. Like I had to deal with with, with some of those. And, and others, other they decide to just, like, I can't live here, I, I'm like, just so frustrated, and they leave to the West, and they start a completely new life there. Hmm. Now, there is a lot of people who choose to, like, be silent about their faith, do not tell it um, at all. And this is one of my critiques of uh, the Western uh, missionaries, because a lot of Western missionaries who come, who are, I don't know, receive training at Wheaton, or, or at Trinity, or whatever, and they come with this whole ideas of c1 to c5 missionaries and how like this c5 how to live double life and to live completely muslim and completely christian at the same time and it's fascinating to me because like the people who fought against the, the C5 sort of agenda of living both Muslim and Christian, the most were the Muslim converts themselves, who mm. said, there is no way I can be both Muslim and Christian at the same time. And it's so funny to me. I was like, this white missionary usually coming to the West Bank. and telling them, no, 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 you can't do that. You should do that. You should love and respect Islam at the same time, love and respect mm. Christ or whatever. And they're like, no, I can't. I just lift this thing. I can't be in it. And I think it's 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 fascinating to just see the dynamic of how these things happening. Uh,
0: is there anything that you would say, you know, if you were to go into a, a church in Gaza or a, tr- uh, a church in the West bank that you would see it, uh, and I like, I've spent a lot, a lot of time in a Brazilian church and there's certain things that I see and I like, Oh, that's so Brazilian. Um, is there anything that you would say is just like when you hear it or see it, or maybe even smell it, you know, if there's, you know, some kind of food or something that like, ah, this is a Palestinian church.
1: Yeah, I think that I think that to me, and I haven't been to a lot of other uh, international churches beyond the American and the Palestinian church. I think the joy, I think the 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 way expression of joy and like, uh, it's it's just different. Like you know, Americans would like jump and do all this. Uh, Uh, movements um, uh, Palestinians wouldn't necessarily but there is a particular joy there is a particular you know rhythm to the music that is just different especially in the evangelical uh, church and the Greek Orthodox and others who are not evangelicals I think there is still beauty within there but but as we know there is uh, unity in the tradition Mm -hmm. it's universal you go to Greece or to Palestine Mm -hmm. it would be similar beyond uh, beside the language they'll be different
0: Well, Khalil, uh, Saig, thank you very much for your time, and we look forward to talking to you more and learning more about the Palestinian church in the future.
1: Thank you, Drew, for having me. I really appreciate that.
0: You've been listening to the Biblical Mind podcast, exploring the deep structures of Christian scripture.
1: For more, visit the magazine at thebiblicalmind.org. Subscribe to this podcast at all the usual places so you never miss an episode.